Welcome to Dorks on Sports podcast about four dorks talking about sports. My name is Daniel. Joining me as always is Curtis Eastwood. Curtis, happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Yeah, belated. Yeah. yeah. How was it? How'd you spend it? What'd you do? Uh, I, uh, um, uh, my wife had um, a whole itinerary of plans for us to do as a family that mm -hmm. um, was set forth in motion uh before the wild card playoff series was uh was was set so um i spent the majority of the day uh going to uh swim classes with my kid um going to the children's museum uh oh, fun. With our child as a family and I was basically camping on my phone the whole fucking time. <laughs> Watching the <laughs> this crazy uh, second game with the Blue Jays. And it wasn't until we were downtown. And, um, you know, as I mentioned last week in the pod, I, um, I went to this, uh, this, this preseason uh, NBA game at the, um, at the uh, climate pledge and i saw so many people wearing uh sonics apparel that i knew there was a shop on first avenue that sold sonic hoodies and i went in there uh with the family uh before we were going to the crab pot for dinner mm -hmm. and um i think when we left the children's museum we were down something like uh one eight to three or something like eight, eight we got we got to eight to five and i was thinking like like oh okay you know the there's gonna make this a little interesting you know yeah. and, and 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 give it a go and then when i got into the sporting apparel shop and looked up at the tv it was nine nine in the eight <laughs> and i just looked at heather and i'm just gonna go like yeah you're gonna have to do something with henry for a while because i'm not leaving the store until this game's over and so yeah yeah that was my birthday and we can i tell you i i also celebrate my celebrated my birthday on on saturday my mother was uh her birthday is 10 days after mine so we we uh split the difference and celebrate our birthdays together and so i celebrated on saturday um and uh you know, I, I was pretty bummed when it was like eight to one. I was like, oh, we're going to have to go into three games. That kind of sucks. And then it was eight to five. And I started thinking, team of destiny, we're in this thing. I, I disappeared I from my own birthday party. I like took the pizza that we had ordered <laughs> and <laughs> I hid in a corner of the house. I couldn't do it. I could I couldn't. I couldn't do anything but follow the game. And so I had the radio call on and I was following the game cast on my phone, but the phone was ahead of the, the radio call. So I knew that we had won before Rick Riz uh, announced it uh, on the radio call, but that was really fun. And I, for me, that was a really great memory. And if the Seahawks or uh, if the Mariners end up doing something, you know, in the playoffs, that's going to be a fun memory for me. Just sitting alone with pizza all over my phone. <laughs> <laughs> my family's going, where the fuck did he go? Yeah. yeah, it was fun. So happy birthday. Oh, thank you. Uh, we got Alana. How are you doing over there, Alana? Good vibes only. Good vibes uh, only. Yeah, I, uh, there have been a lot of good memories that the Mariners have created over the last month. Uh, yeah. And uh, I think that that's important to remember. 
after we yeah. had what happened earlier today. Um, which we'll talk about. Which we'll talk about. But yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Good. Melly, how are you doing over there? The, you know, the, the hangover, the loss, notwithstanding. Yeah, notwithstanding. Uh, you know, beside that, I'm doing pretty well. Uh, I missed you, Dorks, last week. I really uh, loved listening. We missed you. To, oh, thanks. I loved listening to the pod. And um, shout out to Steven. You did a fantastic he was great. job. Mm-hmm. Um, I, too, have a soft spark soft spot in my heart for the saints say that five times fast um so that was it was a really fun uh pod for me to listen to and um you know congratulations um <laughs> <laughs> so uh, i've you know i i've got the hangover uh the vacation hangover wow see it's happening Ooh. um i've got the vacation hangover i've got the 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 sadness of a, of a loss today hangover, the Seahawks loss hangover. <laughs> and I did lose one of and my the Huskies lost for a, 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 the a Huskies. second time in a row. <laughs> you know, I ordered up a lot of wins for Curtis for his birthday. Um, <laughs> and uh, apparently I am out of uh, magic. Well, how's your <laughs> fantasy team though? Uh, get any wins there? Um, You know, in, in the regular fantasy leagues uh, uh one win one loss but uh in the guillotine league you know what i, I threw a lot of money to get derrick henry after the first chop happened and uh <laughs> that has paid off in dividends i had the highest score in the guillotine league mm, nice so, yeah thank you i uh derrick sorry henry about a host of others sorry about penny i know you're going to have to find a, a replacement and um penny you're in our heart uh mm-hmm. doing really mm-hmm. well and it's really it's just heartbreaking um to see him you really know is. lose another season i, I had a he shiny was, penny was really that went good. with my pocket locket and and um, yeah well so the seahawks go into new orleans and uh find themselves in a shootout that they were on the wrong side of um but i thought it was a really entertaining game and mm-hmm. here's the thing about rebuild seasons. Like if we're going to have a rebuild season and we're going to lose a lot of games, at least make them fun. And I think these Seahawks games are really fun. I know I'm a homer and everything, but I think the Seahawks might be the most fun team in the NFL right now, at least on like an entertainment sort of level, right? They, they just, they're putting together really fun games. Um, and that offense, offense is high flying Geno Smith uh is not slowing down you know I know like there was the story of yeah sure Geno had a really great game against Detroit but Detroit's got the worst defense in the league okay well he goes up against the top 10 defense and lights him up Um, Mm -hmm. in fact I wish we could have a replay uh I wish we had like the technology and the production values (laughs) in this podcast to like put up the replay but there was that touchdown to Tyler Lockett, that 50 oh, touchdown to Tyler Lockett, where, you know, Tyler got in like right, uh, right behind the safety and Gino launched it and just put the ball right in front of Tyler where only he can get it touchdown. If you just show that play from when the ball leaves Gino's hands 
you would think that was Russell Wilson throwing that football. That mm-hmm. was a perfect moon ball that we've seen from Russell Wilson a million times before. And Geno Smith has been doing them all season long. Uh, unfortunately, Geno Smith also looked like Russell Wilson in the fourth quarter when he took that 18 yard sack. So uh, just, just saying. <laughs> also looked like Russell Wilson there. Um, but man, no, Geno Smith looks really good. Um, I, I'm, I'm sorry to see Penny go out, but Kenneth Walker came in at that what, 70 yard touchdown of his own. Um, he's going to be raw. I don't think he's going to be, you know, as what do I want to say? Perfect as Penny was in hitting those holes. I think we're going to find, you know, have some, um, you know, rookie stumbles here and there, but he definitely has a big playability and I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do. I, I I'm, I'm really sad that that Penny is out for the season, but I think the Seahawks have a strong backfield. You know, you got Ken Walker and um, DJ Dallas and Travis Homer. And I think all of those guys can pick up the rock and mm-hmm. go, especially with somebody like Gino, you know, making the, making the calls and doing the audibles and stuff like that. Um, but I, I wanted to, you know, throw it out to you. What were, what was the good, the bad, and the ugly Curtis? I'll start with you. Um, you like? I think my favorite thing in this game was uh, the way Geno Smith responded to uh, criticism that he put up all these fancy numbers against a lousy defense and uh, he completely lit up um, a a top 10 defense that is actually supposedly better against the um, pass than it is against the run. I thought Mm -hmm. Seattle was going to run the ball more against the Saints just because the numbers were showing analytically that it would be better to do that. And he torched him and, um, you know, he, he had three touchdowns. Uh, he completed over 70% of his passes again. Um, no, no interceptions. Had, he should have had no interceptions. He should have had five touchdowns. Uh, there was the drop yeah. pass, uh, by DK and the phantom hold. And, um, that was, uh, that was a pretty easy, you know, on the rope pass right into his mitts. Um, and then there was the, uh, the ridiculous phantom hold call um, in the fourth quarter that still that was a big that was like a 50 yard touchdown or something like that it was it was and um, and the replay pretty clearly showed that um, that cross didn't have that dude's jerseys at all his hands were in the right area of the body and the guy just pulled up and went like this and I think because Cross is a rookie, and this just sort of tends to happen with rookies is when refs aren't sure of what's going on, they're going like, oh, yeah, he's a rookie. Psh, there it is. You know, he probably held sort of thing like that. <laughs> and, you know, there's a, there's, there's a whole bunch of reasons why Seattle lost that game uh, that doesn't involve that play, but that was like a really critical, um, unfortunate call. Um but the biggest takeaway for me is just I really think that um, Geno Smith is looking like um, a quarterback that is way better than I think most people were anticipating he would be. Um, his his QBR through five games is better than Russ has ever been for the Seahawks. In yeah, fact, yeah. right now he has a QBR of you know what Tom Brady and Peyton Manning were doing in their prime again 
it's only five games into the season, but I, I also feel like five games into a season is enough of, um, you know, a sample uh, to say that this is this isn't a one-off thing that you know this is pretty consistent. I mean, his QBR hasn't fallen below fifty-five, um, and you know that's that's really good. I think his QBR is like seventy-four right now. It's just behind Josh Allen, um, yeah. Patrick Mahomes, and Tua. And he looks pretty poised and confident too. And, he does. And his mechanics are sharp. Um, there's just, I mean, to me, he looks like he looks like a high quality veteran NFL quarterback right now. Mm-hmm. He's playing at a pro bowl level. I, I, I would be shocked if he, if he doesn't get, uh, get into the pro bowl. And if he keeps playing like he does, he might get the thing that saluted Russell Wilson and that's an MVP vote. So I, he's for sure getting comeback player of the year. Yeah. Yeah. He's already iced that. If he sustains yeah. this throughout the whole season, I mean, I'm I'm anticipating that there's going to be that buzzsaw game where, you know, sure. it's going to be a tough one for him. But if, you know, if in the in the whole trajectory of the season, you know, when we look back and we see, you know, this sort of sustained performance, I mean, what a wonderful gift for seattle to have i mean really yeah. really i mean at, at that point seattle has yeah. to sign him to uh you know a long-term deal right millie sure yeah <laughs> sure of course they do um i mean he looks he looks amazing and yeah it's been five games and i mean knock on wood you never know what's gonna happen right but i i think Absolutely. I mean, he just, he just had a birthday and he turned like what? 32, 32. Yeah. Just turned 32. So, you know, he's not too old for a decent contract. And for a quarterback, that's well in his prime. Yeah, absolutely. He's got lots of years. And I think, I think there is a little bit of, you know, sort of, Hmm, with him in that so many people thought we would have to go after that, um, you know, first pick quarterback Mm -hmm. like it's time for that fresh quarterback we're going to develop yada yada but instead going like wait if we don't have to do that if Mm -hmm. Geno Smith is as good as he looks right now then oh gee what if we I don't know got an even better defense Mm -hmm. I I mean I I, I think yeah, I mean that that I mean if Geno Smith is who he is right now and we can sign him to an extension, um, I say, you know, spend those Denver picks and really just stock up and go for a Super Bowl run. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we got a quarterback like that in his prime playing at a Pro Bowl level, I can go for it. For sure. Um, I, I also want to say though, um, you because a hundred percent i think we need to keep him and as much as i'm like blah defense as always there were still some amazing defensive plays which is i think why they're and getting another interception yeah it's why they're still so fun to watch um like you said every game has been exciting Mm -hmm. i'm not sure what's gonna happen and the more that the offense opens up the, the more it's like, oh, what's what's happening now? Where are we going? Mm-hmm. And then the defense, yeah, like they give it up. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, time for a pick six. You know, and that's always <laughs> been one of the more fun things about the Seahawks is these yeah. amazing defensive plays out of nowhere. So I like the trend 
of of that and the rookies all look real good i kobe bryant played really really physical uh uh against new orleans and that was fun to watch he had a great pass defense uh i think it was in the uh, end zone um it ended then, up getting called as a touchdown, but it was well. A, there was that one, and there was another one where he just oh, like, there was that other one, yeah, where he swatted he hit it the guy like right from behind. He just knocked it out. Um, but even that one that that ended up getting called for a touchdown, rightly, I'm not saying that that was a controversial call. That was absolutely a touchdown, and um, but. I thought that his effort and taking him down and trying to strip that ball and being physical was, was the right way to go. Um, so uh, yeah, uh, there's some good stuff happening with the rookies. Uh, I, I think for the defense on the whole, individually, all the players are really great and they just haven't put it together as a, as a team. Um, and I, I, I mean, I don't know what that's about, but do you have any thoughts on that, Alana? Uh, no, their run defense sucks. Al Woods is hurt. Like, yeah, right? Um, yeah. I, you know, like the the thing that I I agree with the fun commentary there. Uh, the Seahawks have the number one offense based on DVOA, um, yeah. which is a metric that measures uh, performance over time, basically. Uh, and so it will always kind of adjust based on the most recent games that have been played. Uh, and it puts importance on the most recent uh, over things that were a little bit further in the back, but they're and number one in the league. And how well their the defenses what? have played that, that they're playing. Yes. In, in yeah. 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 Um, it's, it's a very relational statistic. Yeah. Um, uh, and that's going to be fun, you know, yeah. and like uh, the way that, that Gino's using the tight ends. That's fun. Uh, There's, they're taking, there are a lot of lovable guys on this team. Like there's nobody like Russell Wilson on this team where you're like, I don't understand you robot. Um, It's, it's, it's guys like Gino who you can't help but root for. It's guys like Tyler who uh, Lockett, who is a poet and like really thoughtful about everything that he says and does. It's guys like, um uh quandre who just wants to take responsibility for the team uh and and for the defense and and things like that uh and then it's guys like Tariq woolen who you who is like richard sherman reincarnate like yeah uh he has he is has the most interceptions for a rookie in the first five games since champ bailey like that's crazy yeah since hall of famer champ bailey so like yeah. Fifth round pick too, like fifth round say. pick. Fifth yeah, round pick. absolutely. And yeah. he, I mean, and watching like his ceiling is one of the best corners ever. Like that's yeah. what his ceiling is. Yeah. His ceiling is like almost Deion Sanders. Um, <laughs> and I think that that's fucking rad that we got him yeah. for a steal. So I'm, I'm in total agreement. Like let's sign Gino and then let's just load up on defense with those first two first round picks and load up on the D line specifically, or maybe find another linebacker. If there's a good linebacker in there, cause Cody Barton ain't it. Um, Bruce Irvin, he's not inside, but, but Bruce Irvin right. was just signed today. No. Yeah. But yeah, I just, I think they're, they're a lot of fun to watch because they built a culture. They have, they have that fun differential, which I know we'll talk about in just a moment. 
Yeah, as well. and they're playing for each other. That offense yeah. looks like I, I haven't seen an offense click like that uh, under Russell Wilson. Um, yeah, I think Waldron is a big part of that too. Yeah, oh, Ryan is really coming forward. I think, mm-hmm. I think he's got a. I think he's got a quarterback now who's competent, and and I think he's got a center who understands it too. Yeah. I think that that's yeah. a big piece of it. Yeah. Yeah, what that he what a revelation, uh, Blythe. Uh, yeah, I think he's kind of an unsung signing, you know, yeah. in the off season. Um, yeah. Well, so we got the the Cardinals coming to town on Sunday. Um, first of all, Millie, do, uh, I don't know. I, I I just asked you how we did, but did you record it? Did you log it? I didn't. I was just before we started I did. recording. I was ah, trying Alana's to remember. Got it. <laughs> um great yeah. uh so uh curtis <laughs> wrong pick the hawks 31 27 daniel wrong pick the uh hawks 34 30 Allie wrongest uh pick the hawks 35 10 and steven in a homer move picked new orleans 26 24 so Stephen, and then I, Millie, I think you changed last minute, and you were going to pick the Saints, and then and then you changed to the Hawks, and then I, I think did. she realized she said that on my birthday, and was just like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I, so, you know, uh, I, there's sentimental reasons. Listen, I like Millie's yourself. optimism that the that the <laughs> Seahawks defense was going to have a miraculous turnaround. Yeah, let's be clear about how this happened. I, I made my pick and it was the Saints. And on Sunday morning, with my Mariner Glow hangover, I was like, you know what? I listened to these storks and, and, and we can do it. We got this. Absolutely. Come on, Hawks. We got it. And I sent a little message on the chat and I said, you know what? Flip it, reverse it. Hawks win. <laughs> well, that is enough of that. You're gonna go with your gut from now on, oh, man. I don't know man, what to my do with this defense right now. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm just, I, I, I'm just uh, happy that I, I got pretty close to the final score. Um, you did, yeah, you did, yeah. We were just on the wrong side of it, uh, mm-hmm. and that's the that's the problem with uh, when you have a bad defense and a great offense is that you know you're not gonna win all your shootouts, <laughs> you know. Like you're, you're going to be on the wrong side of a lot of those. Um, so we got the Cardinals coming to town. Uh, you know, they're always kind of weird games in the past with Russell Wilson. They've always been kind of weird, low scoring games or ties. Um, I, I don't know what to think. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to give my prediction yet, but my fear is that Kyler Murray's just going to run all over this defense. It just feels like the kind of game that this defense can't contain. Um, but I also think this offense, again, is going to put up a crap ton of points. Uh, it, it looks a little bit like Gino is kind of immune to pressure because he can actually get the ball out. Um, so... <sighs> It's probably going to be another shootout. Um, I'm, oh man, I'm going to say it's at home. It's the Cardinals. I'm going to say, God damn it. I'm going to say 30, 28 Seahawks, but I don't feel good about it. But I do think this is a team that's going to go, you know, win half of their games. And 
you know, it, it's hard predicting a team like this because they're going to have like a game where they just destroy like a really good team. And then they're just going to lay an egg against a really bad team. And I, I don't know. Curtis, what do you got? What, who, so who did you pick on that one? Uh, I, I got Seahawks. At what score? 30-28. I don't think that's a bad, that's a bad thing. The Cardinals, I'm just kind of looking at, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, defensive ratings right now and the cart and what i'm looking at on the lineups uh uh web page i guess for lack of better word uh <laughs> seahawks have the second worst defense in the league and it looks <laughs> what like, detroit has the worst. it looks it, it looks like arizona uh is right there at 28 um so they're, not, they're not that okay that's a game they can win either yeah so both teams are sitting at two and two and three right now yeah. um tied in second place for the division uh and um seattle's at home um seattle's got um the the much better offense right now and better coaching. Uh, I'm 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 picking the Seahawks in this one, and I'm gonna say Seahawks. Uh, I'm gonna say Seahawks 31, uh, um, Arizona 27. Close to your score. Yeah, yeah. Just feels like it. Just feels like yeah. that kind of game. Um, I still, I still, I'm, I'm gonna say it again. I think that there, there, there are signs of life on that defense. If they, yes, could, there were. If they could just make a few more tweaks and adjustments to it. Well, were, and there were a couple frustrating things. Of yeah. you know, they actually had them on fourth down, and then had a dumbass, you know, um, neutral zone infraction or yeah. something like that that gave them, you know, free first down. There was a lot of that shit happening. There was a lot. There were some good plays on that defense, and then there were some plays where you know they let Taysom Hill do whatever he wanted. Oh god, yeah. yeah. That was uh, Alana, what do you got? Uh, I think that Kyler's going to run on us, but I think it's important to remember that Taysom Hill is a backup or like uh, you're not going to have a QB spy on Taysom Hill like you're going to have on Kyler Um, just because he's not in on every play. And that switch out is not necessarily something that can be easily executed. So I think he'll get a lot of yards, but he'll also get stopped um, unlike Taysom Hill. Uh, And I think y'all are crazy that thinking that both of these teams aren't going over 40. Um, Like, (laughs) what have we seen the last two weeks? Like, these defenses blow a hole, and uh, the Seahawks offense is is hot. So I'm going 48-41 Seahawks. Yeah, it's going to be more like the Detroit game than than the (laughs) New Orleans game. I know, I know. Alana makes a great point. Yeah. Yeah. Millie, what do you got? Well, did you say 48-41? Yes, I did. Awesome. Another one of the highest scoring games of all time. And fuck, maybe it's Scorigami. Yeah, maybe it's Scorigami. Change it to like 49-41. I'm sure that's yeah, a I'm gonna Give me a second because I want to I want to call us. <laughs> I want to shoot my shot. Um, go ahead, Millie. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I am I am very torn on this uh particular one just because they both teams have really similar weaknesses mm-hmm. um so far this season the cardinals first half has been abysmal as far as scoring so that's really helpful 
so I went to the sources I usually go when I'm like waffling and, and all of the, you know, sports betting and whatever. I mean, it's like a three and a half point Seattle's the underdog. That's nothing. Right. What's going to help me. So I'm looking at this and since realignment in 2002, when they both joined the NFC West Seahawks lead 22, 17 and one. Not helpful, right. They've split the season series each year for the last three years. Always um, winning on each other's fields, right? That's right. the other weird thing. Yeah, I know. And and Kyler Murray is two and three against Seattle. Like there's just nothing to give me anything except the Cardinals are six and two in Seattle. Yeah. Playing against Russell Wilson, not Geno Smith. Right. Which could be a determining factor, too. I don't know which way to go. But go only, with your gut. Uh, well, <laughs> I can't trust my gut right now. Like, I'm so used to being able to do that, and, and I just can't. And only because you all picked the Hawks am I going to pick the Cards, just so I can be right. Somebody has to. Be wrong. Um, but I do agree it's all about the over with this game. I think it's a high-scoring game. I don't think I'm going to go quite as far as Alana. You're crazy. But, 48-42, that's mine. Adjust it, because that's scoregami. Go ahead. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I love it. Um, I have something about that, too. So, um, so I say it is a 36-33 cards. That, that long field goal they missed last week, they get this week, and they take it. Yeah. Um, I did want to tell you, cause you all were talking about Scorigami that there I was in Sedona, far, far away from, um, Hawks fans. And, uh, it was amazing that people knew about Scorigami. Like they were like, <laughs> oh my God, Scorigami. The Seahawks have more Scorigami than any other team. And I was like, what? And this guy told me he follows a Twitter and I know it came mm. up the pod. he follows a Twitter and he had learned that. There's a Scorigami Twitter. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Like I think it's just—is it Scorigami? Oh, I and it's a bot. I I love Scorigami. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, just to be contrary, I'm going 36, 33 cards. Well, I mean, you know, it uh, it, it is weird that you know the past few seasons these teams have split it just in each other's stadiums. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it, it, it'll be an entertaining one. You know, say what you will about Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. They do put on uh, fun shows to watch. Even though I have zero faith in Kingsbury as a coach. I don't, I really don't know what he's doing there. I don't have any faith in Murray as a quarterback, to be honest. Well, that's I, mean, same. I, I think yeah. he's, I think he's, I mean, I, yeah. He's a little NFL gremlin. Like that's, he just runs around and <laughs> Ah, you can't catch me. <laughs> yeah, the gingerbread man. He's a little gingerbread. And when man. when you get when you get to him early, and he gets frustrated, he he just game over. He's he yeah he's he's a temper tantrum explosion. You know, just yeah he's. Well, so what's the deal with Al Woods? Is he is he out for the season? I don't think he he's just, out for the season. I don't think they've announced. I, I think, think he's dated. Carol's yeah, day-to-day. day-to-day. Yeah, okay. but he keeps it kind of vague and stuff. Yeah. 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 
does Bruce Irvin have a chance to play this game or is he like next week earliest? I know he, he was like, well, here's the interesting squad. thing with Irvin Let's, is that can he we talk has, about the Mariners? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Can I just say the one thing about Irvin. Okay. In short, I think, yes, he does because he was in Sean Desai's defense last year in Chicago and decides is of course the uh uh defensive Architect. assistant here and stuff so there's familiarity with both what Seattle's done in the past and what they're trying to do now so I think yeah he was brought in with the purpose of maybe being on the active roster cool well I'll go Hawks <clears throat> I look forward to it uh let's jump into some Mariners so Mariners they're in the playoffs for the first time 21 years uh they go to toronto they take that series they sweep the series in two um and man that second game was wild to watch they were down early at one point i think the score was eight and one before they started crawling back out of that hole uh and then got the go ahead in the ninth i think right the top of the ninth is when they got the go ahead run um and ended up winning it uh and looking like the team of destiny now (laughs) you know in my heart i say these mariners can take any team and i really believe that but they just went into the like buzzsaw that is the astros and after pulling ahead i think at one point the they were seven and three six and three seven and three um and then the astros slowly start putting some points on the board and get a walk off the bottom of the ninth that the mariners usually get i have to say uh to all the fans that have lost a game to the seattle mariners on a bottom of the ninth two out walk off i i'm sorry it doesn't feel good like that really sucks and i'm sorry uh but i'm not sorry because it's always like those are the most exciting walk-offs to get but man when you're on the other side of those walk-offs whew, that that really sucks um the astros are good and i hate saying that and the astros have a team that's built to go all the way the mariners are scrappy and they have a team that's built to beat any team in major league baseball and I still believe they can pull it out. It is going to be a challenge. But I have to say, even though it was really disappointing, especially because it looked like we were going to steal one against Furlander, which we really needed, um, I'm still just happy to be there. It's just exciting to be watching baseball in October. You know, we got football. We got the Seahawks playing. We have the Mariners playing. The Kraken is going to start on Thursday. Like, it's a nice time to be a sports fan in Seattle right now. So it's disappointing, but uh, I'm still having a blast and uh, I can't wait for the next one. And, and, you know, let's pull out a win. It would be nice. Even if we're going to lose it, let's take it all the way to, uh, you know, the last game of the series. Um, And I'm not writing them off yet, but uh, it was, uh, you know, the stark reality of, oh yeah, this is a really good team. And this is not the, this is the matchup I didn't want. I wanted the Yankees. Uh, Millie, how are you feeling over there? Um, 
I really was, uh, I was a little raw and shell-shocked after today's game, but I, I'm going to rewind it a little bit to uh, the joy and jubilation of um, taking that wild card in two. I that was mean, awesome. That was, that was. Especially so against Toronto. Yeah, against Toronto and their horrible fans. And <laughs> I, um, I was lucky enough to be able to watch the game with my dad and, um, you know, just, just hanging out and things weren't going well. And we had one run and I started nodding off between pitches because, oh my God, there's so much time between pitches. Like I actually fell asleep a couple of times during this game. And I'm like, oh, this is sad. Like, I don't want to sit on the couch with my dad and watch them lose. Like, you know, I'm not gonna be able to watch the other game, game three. And then, and then it started that magic. And, um, I was like, can we do this? Can we actually do this? And, and that feeling, that joy was yeah. just fantastic. And I was walking on air for the next at least 24 hours, after which I spent all my time trying to figure out when the next games would be, what time they would be, what days they would be, just like <laughs> everyone else, um, only to learn that, you know, not surprisingly, East Coast bias means that people who live in the city that has not been to playoffs in how long can't watch a game. Can I just uh, say these playoff schedules are awful. awful. Like twelve thirty on a, a weekday. Like, come on. Right. Because we have to put the Yankees on in prime time and those poor people have to sit in a stadium until midnight. Like what? <laughs> anyway, it, it makes I'll no get sense. off my horse about that to say that then today happened and of course you know i recorded it so i was behind because i had to work and and i'm i i'm starting to get very nervous and and being like i'm just gonna fast forward through some pitches because surely it'll be fine and um and it kept not being fine and i had to keep stopping and playing to figure out what the heck just happened um to today was was rough and i had already gotten to that place that I realized, you know, this is probably where Toronto was, where I was like, okay, well, shoot, because I have tickets to game four. So if we just sweep them, I'm not even going to get to see them play. (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah. I jumped all the way to, we're going to sweep them. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Which is, I'm sure, you know, (laughs) yeah. Being on the receiving end of that sucks and we have this amazing team that has had these incredible eighth innings um and that just you know and and you've heard me enough on this pod i believe i believe in this team i chose them to win the wild card like and here we are and all it took was a couple of things going wrong for me to be like this is horrible we're horrible (laughs) and then you know you just sort of have to remind yourself like no this is what happens to other teams we usually know that we've lost early on and then we come back and maybe we even win yeah but this time it didn't happen and that hurt but i'm getting over it and i'm getting excited for thursday and it means maybe just maybe i'll get to go to a playoff baseball game the astros ain't gonna sweep us you can count yeah. on that um i you know i know Scott Service is getting a lot of criticism right now because of his decision to put Robbie Ray in there, who threw a meatball right down the middle that got Alvarez to, you know, hit that walk off. Um, 
But I don't know if that's entirely fair because if you're going to criticize him for putting Robbie in there, why don't you criticize him for putting Kirby in, you know, uh, in that second Toronto game um, in relief to close out uh, the ball game. And by the way, great for Kirby. It's nice seeing Kirby get a close, uh, get a save. I thought that was really fun. Um, But Alana, what do you think about that? I service kind of like I think Mariners fans can be fickle, and it's like you're either the best team in the world or you're dead to us. And service kind of lives and dies by what the Mariners did the you know the last game they played. Um, and I, I just want to know your thoughts on that. I think it's uh, uh, how do I put this. I'm I'm really frustrated with Mariners fandom about this particular topic because we've been living like this entire reality that is good vibes only. We love a Eugenio Suarez. We love the energy that um, Julio Rodriguez brings. We love how Luis Castillo celebrates a victory, how, uh, how Logan Gilbert celebrates a strikeout. And that's all that good vibes only. And you know where that comes from? You know where that starts? That starts with fucking Scott Service. Mm -hmm. Scott Service's entire role as a manager is to build culture. I was listening to him talk about how one of the great things about coaching this team is it's really a lot more like a college team because all of these people who are in this clubhouse are going through the same life experiences at the same time. He said he's never seen so many kids in one one, uh, 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 dugout, one clubhouse. Um, and it, that's really special. And, that's really and special. For those who don't know, I work for an organization that, uh, builds community. Like that's the goal of the organization. We put people into groups with other people who have babies the same age. And to hear that you have these, uh, 26 men, 40 men, whatever it is, um, who are in there with their kids experiencing this playoff run, like that's a fucking peps group. Like it's, it's, it's ridiculous to think about that. And so like, ultimately, is there a single baseball technician, honestly, like as a manager? No, it doesn't. It's not, you can, you, you don't, you're running off of your gut every single time. And that's it in the moment. But beyond that, you're making a decision with the team, right? So like the decision to put Robbie in wasn't made today. It wasn't made right before it happened. It wasn't made right before the game. It wasn't made this morning. It was made probably yesterday with Scott, with Justin Hollander, with Jerry DePoto, with the pitching coach, with Robbie Ray, with uh, uh, some of the other bullpen guys. Like they said, if we get to Alvarez in the bottom of the ninth inning and they have a chance to take the lead in that moment, we're going to put in Robbie so that we have a handed adm- handedness match because that is what baseball says to do. Mm-hmm. That is what the rules of baseball are. The problem with the situation was not putting Rob- Robbie Ray in. That was probably, that was either be- best choice or second best choice. The first best choice is, might be to, to go with Eric Swanson, but from what I understand, he is actually not um, – there's something that's going on. Like, he's sick or he's hurt or he's just not – I was wondering. Yeah. Right. So, so how, why, are we, why are we going at – we have to think about why we're going at Scott's service. And 
it's unbelievable to me that we have an 162 game season that at various points in this season, we talked about, we need to fire Scott service. When we were 10 games under 500, it was like, we need to fire Scott service. And like, how, how, how is this entering into the mind? We cannot operate in a culture of win now, win always. That is a mindset in my mind that is rooted in uh, the patriarchy, is rooted in this toxic masculinity. Like if you don't win, there's no value. There are 162 games in every season. You, as a batter, if you hit one third of the balls that are thrown at you, then you are an amazing batter. Like Mm -hmm. most of baseball is failure. One of the other adages is you're gonna lose 60 games, you're gonna win 60 games, and then it's what you do with the other 42 in the yeah. season. Like yeah. the, the 116 win Mariners broke that, you know, by 10 games. Like, and that's the best winning season of all Yeah, of that's all a time. giant anomaly. Right. right. The, the Dodgers who just, uh, who just did that, who won 107 this year, like that's, that's still right at that number. Like they, they maybe lost 56. Right. So like, we we just have these these unreasonable expectations of our teams and why cannot we just remember good vibes only why can't we just think about how fucking awesome cal raleigh is the big dumper when he and like the calm cool collectedness why can't we just look at that video when scott and a eugenio are screaming at each other at the end of the blue jays game where yeah. a eugenio is like we believe we can do this why can't we get excited about the seven runs that we put on the board before we got knocked out i get it in that situation like it sucks it i mean like i will say <clears throat> i was standing out my kids outside my kids fencing class watching on my phone and i saw him groove that pitch and I was, uh, and then I, the minute he smacked it and I just screamed out fuck as loud as I could. And like, I transitioned, I transitioned through all of that emotion. You know what? I was having a hundred thousand heart attacks. I was having a heart attack with every single pitch. And then the game ended and it was like an explosion of fuck. And then it, I, I moved through it because, because this team is awesome. This team represents the city. This team wants to be burdened with the pressure of breaking this drought, which they've done. They want to be burdened with the pressure of going into the playoffs and doing well in the playoffs, which they've they've done. They were not expected to beat the Blue Jays. We might have expected it, but now we've got this season and this game, and it's and like we wanted to go into Houston and take one of two. You know what? We've got one of the best pitchers in baseball going up to on Thursday. And everybody was like, oh, we're not gonna hit Verlander. Like, would it have been great to come out of Houston 2-0? Absolutely. But that's not, that wasn't the goal. That wasn't what we were aiming for. Yeah. Yes. And so the, the yeah, I, I just think, and we've been celebrating, Scott, we've been calling him manager of the year to see this turn just based on this one decision that was not made in a vacuum, that was not made in the moment. And then just go, ah, oh, fuck him, fire him. Like, what, how, he has been a, the dad of seattle for the last month and and every all these good feelings that we are all having for the first time in 21 years none of us i mean curtis 
you're maybe just a little bit in a different stage, but none of us were like real adults the last time they went to the playoffs. I didn't, I was in college, you know, like I, it's not some, it wasn't something that I was really even pay, paying attention to. Like, I have to remember that the Mariners won 116 games. It's been that long that now they're inviting us in and they're giving us something to care for. Can we celebrate that? Can we not, sit in the what have you done for me lately what have you done for me today and look at the fact that there's still more to win and there's still more opportunity to have a great season and that this is their first time there this is there is a learning curve Mm -hmm. about the playoffs this is scott service's first time managing in the playoffs this is julio's first time in the playoffs this is and it looks like it Today, I mean, not today. Today, I, today like- he was pretty good, but but in yeah. Toronto, his and I'm not saying any, anything negative about Julio. It's what's to be expected, right? He was a little jacked up, he right? A little jacked up. But Cal, I mean, like so many of these players look amazing right now. So How about I mean, I just, JP hitting a home run yeah. today? That was pretty fun to watch. So that's my basic vibe. It's like, like being your cups. That's cool, but this is just a standard loss in the playoffs. Yeah, against uh, this was a game that, I mean, any Mariners fan probably thought that we weren't going to walk out with this one. You know, Verlander historically has had the Mariners numbers. So I went into this game going, we're probably going to lose this one. It's Verlander. We usually don't hit him. The fact that we hit seven runs off Verlander should be encouraging. Um, and you know, now we got our ACE on Thursday, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, yeah, but it's fun to be there. I mean, the Mariners are in the divisional round. Uh, that, that's just really cool. And the reason they're there is because of Scott service. We wouldn't, you know, the, the Mariners last year wouldn't have overachieved and Jerry and Mar- DePoto and Jerry DePoto and the Mariners this year, uh, wouldn't have come back from, you know, early season adversity, to uh to make it into the playoffs without without Scott Service and Jerry Depoto, um, I, you know I'm having fun. What do you think, Curtis? I'm having fun. It's been 21 fucking years since Mariners <laughs> have been in the playoffs. I mean, if people want to freak out about the way in which this game went down and they lost, um, I mean it's a gut wrenching loss. I mean it's 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 shocking and it's jarring, but like Alana just said, it's fucking baseball. I mean it's yeah. Play- baseball when you and get- it was verlander it could have been eight and two it could have been way yeah worse yeah I, than what I, it was. I, I, I get the sentiment that you know because i heard this on sports radio after the game um there's the sentiment that like no one was expecting seattle to come out realistically and win this game with verlander pitching but they were doing it and it looked yeah. like it was going to happen. And yeah. it's like, oh, my God, you start thinking about, like, if we take this game and then on Thursday we got our ace and stuff like that. And you start, you know, you start daydreaming, you know, about, yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. you know, being being up two games Guilty. against this bitter division opponent. And you get cheaters, you know, and, cheaters and stuff. And yeah. by the way, can I just say Logan Gilbert only giving up three runs? I, yeah. I thought Logan played a great game. Yeah. So I get I get people being like sort of traumatized <laughs> by the way this went down today um you know and it it was it was jarring when i discovered it and you know when i was at the park and i was just like holy shit i i i left the game in the seventh inning thinking we had this in the bag 
Like yeah. we were like, like we, we got the bullpen coming up, you know, our bullpen's awesome. We've got this one. The, the Mariners are at their best in the seventh to ninth exactly. innings. I yeah. think. Yeah. My yeah. chiropractor I, I thought we won. I came in, he's like, we <laughs> oh. won. Right? And I was like, no, no. Poor Dr. Steve was like, what do you mean? He's not a doctor. I, I do. <laughs> I do want to say, and, and we touched on this a little bit in the last pod, but I went grocery shopping right after that loss and I'm decked out in my Mariners gear. And it was really nice, even in a loss going around the grocery store and other people going, oof, tough loss, man. Right. Mm-hmm. And making mm-hmm. that connection. Uh, I, I just love it when a team is in the playoffs like this and they have captured the heart of a city like this Mariners team has, and you're just making all these instant connections with strangers, even in a loss. Um, I think is pretty special. Yeah. Um, yeah, we got another one Thursday, and it's at is it's at home, right? Since yeah, no, no uh, Thursday is in, in Houston. I'm going and Saturday, Saturday back which I'm excited about. Nice. Um, let's get into. Oh no, I I, I want to get into uh, Curtis. Uh, was on uh, an episode of the Seahawks' new documentary series, The Sound, uh, where they interviewed Curtis kind of about uh, his relationship to Seahawks fandom and then just Seahawks fandom in general. Um, And uh, the episode itself was kind of centered around... um, team chemistry and uh and all of that and uh and 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 kind of took a glimpse into the tight ends it's the sixth episode i think if if, uh if y'all out there want to watch it uh curtis is featured um as a as a talking head uh and then um got some shots uh when we went to see that atlanta game which was uh which was pretty fun got some shots of henry there too uh which was which was a lot of fun um but curtis i i just uh I kind of wanted to get your perspective on it. Uh, what you thought, um, how, you know, did you have fun? Uh, how did it go? Uh, what was it like? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was fun being at the game and being taped, uh, with you and my family. Um, uh, it was, it was, it was, it was a jarring honor when I was asked to be a part of this. Um, uh, I, I, I had a bit of an inside source, uh, a, 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 a friend of both of ours, actually, Nathan yeah. Fisher, um, uh, who used to be involved in the film and theater locally, um, is now working for the Seahawks uh, in uh, their film department. Um, and uh, he knew of me as a longtime Seahawks fan and asked if I would be able to lend my services to this in my perspective. And it was just, um, it was fun going into the studio and talking about um, the origins of me becoming a diehard 12, uh, which all started back in 1983. Uh, The first year they made the playoffs. It was a very Cinderella story, kind of like the, um, the 95 Mariners. Um, And from that point forward, that was just team number one for me. And each passing year, I seem to love them a little bit more. Um, I, loved them all the way through the 90s when they were a struggling team before came in and um it's just yeah and i just shared 
my perspective of why I think that they have had this very loyal, um, diehard following in the region. And yeah, it was, uh, it was good. I encourage uh, people to watch. The, the, it, all, all the episodes are great. And it, I'm, it's a really cool idea that the, that the organization has done to create this docu-series and then, um, you know, bring in different players. Uh, there's one episode about Pete Carroll uh, and it's a, it's a nice insight. And I, I think it's creating a, a cool um, connection to the team. I, I it, it reminds me a little bit of um, in 2011 2012 when mike robinson was doing his own youtube videos mm -hmm. where he was taking you into the locker room and he was uh talking to the players and you know doing the locker room antics and i believe that that program whatever you want to call it that he created that sort of like inside the locker room where he got an insight into these guys i think that's what captured that team that team's imagination into the fans of Seattle. That's what made that team so kind of mythical and legendary. And we were able to connect to all these different personalities is because we got like an inside connection into that. And I think the sound has the potential of doing that as well. Yeah. I, it, I, I, Mike I Rob personalized the Seahawks. Yeah. A lot doing that. And we got to see, you know, we got to see Marshawn um, interacting with fans and, and Sherman, know, Sherman and, and Bennett. Bennett and all yeah. these guys that are just were just such huge personalities. And in football, football's different. One of the distinctions I feel like with football from like baseball and basketball is because of the helmets and everything. Like we don't often we, we see we almost kind of see them more as like, you know medieval knights or something totally. like that you know like we don't we don't really get the personalities of players back in the day we didn't so much but i mean even you know, still it's funny yeah. when i i see a player without their helmet on and i go oh that's what he looks like yeah 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 like you just have a picture in your mind's eye because oh, they're wearing a helmet and you see their yeah. number and everything and you don't really know what they look like and then you see a picture of them yeah, and he looks like uh, they look like Richie Cunningham or some shit. Like that, you know, <laughs> right. <just> like... <laughs> yeah. 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 But um, I wanted to talk a little bit. Oh, go ahead, Millie. I see in your episode, which is which is just so fun, is that they they also are featuring sort of the relationship with the tight ends. Mm -hmm. And on that note, with the helmets off, especially our three tight ends, I'm always like, who is? The... Oh, oh, okay. That's, like Uncle Will sporting that top like. gun mustache. And, yeah, and then of course you've got Uncle Will, and <laughs> they're such characters, all three of them. And it was really yeah. nice to see them sort of that moment where they welcomed Fant to the club. Like yeah. he's, he's mm -hmm. in that episode. And it's all those things that we love about the Seahawks and their their culture and their care for each other that that we seem to see growing even more now with yeah. this latest team and then to have you know Curtis who who we already love with his golden voice like getting in there it, <laughs> I just I gotta tell you Curtis I just loved every moment of watching that I, I loved listening to you okay. I loved listening to to your history and 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 that you got to share that 
um, and anyone who listens to this podcast or reads um, your blog, I, I hope yeah. that they catch it because it it gives that voice that I hear when I read your blog mm. as well. So I'm just, just an extra plug to go watch it if you haven't. And to say that I think Curtis fits in with that culture beautifully. Oh, well, okay. and speaking of culture, um, uh, I, I, it feels to me like there is something brewing on this Seahawks team. I feel them coming together a lot more. I see them communicating a lot more, but it, but in more vulnerable and emotional ways. It seems like this offense is connected way more than it's been, um, you know, in the past years that Russ has been leading them. But the offense specifically um, is what I'm I'm seeing it out of. But you know, I can see the defense. Um, holding themselves accountable. Um, and, uh, and that was to me, the X factor of that LOB team. It was that love that they had for each other, that chemistry and that culture that was built and that the leaders, um, exemplified, um, and encouraged. Um, and I can see that brewing a little bit on this team. Um, and it's something, you know, we just talked about in this pod that we're seeing on this Mariners team. It's this culture, it's this brotherhood and these people who are playing for each other. And I kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit. Um, Alana, what are you seeing? Is it important to winning? Um, you know, is, is that the kind of X factor that can take a team from, you know, the outside of the playoffs to push into the playoffs or who are a contender that can get them to the Super Bowl? Sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think culture is the most important part of it. Um, and, and we have coaches in this town who are culture builders. I, I mean, from uh, Carol to service to uh, Brian Schmetzer uh, uh, for the Sounders. Um, I don't know as much about Noel Quinn on, on the storm uh, and she's a different kind of um, uh, uh, coach just because she's so recently off the floor. Um, and the guy, at, I, I also don't know enough about the Kraken coach, but like having, creating a culture, creating a, 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 a room full, filled with accountability, like that's the only way you win, in my mind. Like, um, and, and I don't want to win another way. I want to, the reason I watch sports is because I want to connect with the people who are playing it. I want to connect with the people who are watching it and I want to like who I'm watching. That's why, that's why it was hard last year with Russ. Like I was watching it and I was like, what's wrong with this dude? Like, what, like, who is this? Like, why is he so corny? He's so cheesy. He's so <laughs> much a robot. How can I like be in this space? That's why my favorite, my favorite Seahawk of all time is uh, uh, Doug uh, Doug Baldwin. Baldwin. I don't know why I said, yeah, like that dude is a good dude, you know, and like that's that's really what it's all about. And and for me, like I look at Eugenio Suarez, and I'm mm. like, that is a good dude. I look at um, uh, Jose uh, J. I'm, I'm tired. Um, J-Rod. And I'm like, that is a good dude. I look at Cal Raleigh and I'm like, big dumper, just dump it all here. Like, come on. Uh, these people, they're lovable. Um, and that the LOB was lovable. Uh, yeah, that's, 
that's the reason I want sports. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm the same way. That's, that's the reason I love sports. And I think when you get a team like that, it can capture the heart of a city that the Mariners are doing that the Seahawks did 10 years ago. Um, and that, you know, hopefully we can be saying the same thing of these Seahawks uh, next year, maybe even this year, who knows that defense can have a miraculous turnaround and it turns into a Mike Holmgren team where you have a number 15 defense and the uh, number one offense. I don't know. We've already got the number one offense. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Should we get into some Dorkin? Yeah. Yeah. Let's get into some Dorkin. I'll start. I, I, I've been watching the uh, last season of Atlanta. And um, it's even better than the seasons that came before it. Um, and uh, I'm going to be really sad that it's gone. I think it is absolutely fucking brilliant. And it just keeps getting um, weirder. And, and, I, and, I, and I love that, that Donald Glover just embraces sort of um, unreality. Um, and takes it into magical realism. And um, I ju- uh, the, the stories that he's telling um, are just, and, and the satire that he's telling, um, just really, really good stuff. Um, I can't wait to, uh, to finish it because I think, uh, you know, I think it's gonna have a really strong, a really strong ending. And that's probably very affecting, um, but yeah. Good stuff. Donald Glover, you're, you're a fucking genius and I will watch anything that you do. And also uh, Donald Glover, please do the, the community movie because community, they can't do community without you. So please just do the community movie for me, just for me. If you're listening to this, Donald Glover, are you listening to a podcast about Seattle sports? Do the community movie. Uh, Millie, what are you dorking out about? Um, well, I'm going to go real quick because I know we're getting kind of short on our time. And I'm going to say that I have started watching the Midnight Club. I don't hate it like Midnight Mass. I'm enjoying it, but I, I'm still not entirely sure what it is. Um, and I'm halfway through it. So, uh, I will give my recommendation on our next podcast as to if I think it's worth your time. I'm looking for, I, I will hold you to that, Millie. <laughs> Lana, what are you dorking out about? I watched and finished Heartbreak High, um, but it was primarily because I wanted to watch a bunch of Australians say chlamydia um, because they say it like <laughs> chlamydia because the Australian accent is like here. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and there, there are R's everywhere. <laughs> Everywhere, um, everywhere they can put an R. Um it was it was it was fun. Uh and then I'm playing Civilization five uh oh, again because nice. I got a gaming computer and like uh, I w- I can sit down and play that for six hours and it feels like 15 minutes, yeah, which is dangerous. Uh, but. It's a time dump. I know. Yeah. Uh that's fun. Uh cool. Is that what we're dorking out about? That was some fast dorking. Did Curtis talk? I didn't, but I, I'm dorking out the same stuff I've been dorking out for the last month. Uh, I, I love the last episode of She-Hulk. Uh, it was great. Uh, yeah, it's that that show's starting to pick up a lot of momentum now. Um, uh, 
digging the uh the lord of the rings show prequel thingy um and what we do in the shadows is still making me laugh my ass off so mm -hmm. things i'm watching so that's a good show all right hey uh if you listen to this uh you should check out curtis's blog 12life.com he's always got some good stuff on there especially during the seahawks season uh, if you like this podcast, you should follow it wherever you're listening to this. Hit that plus sign. If you're watching it on YouTube, uh, you know, find us on the Spotify or Apple or Stitcher or I don't know, wherever you find your podcast. We're all over the place. Uh, and if you're listening to this podcast and you want to see your pretty faces, find us on YouTube. You can see the video cast as well. Once again, my name is Daniel for Curtis, Alana, Millie, the rest of the 12s saying goodbye. Go M's. Go, go M's. Hawks. Go M's. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks.